This week on Invasion, the podcast, we take a trip back to the year of canon and look at 1985 space boobs. I, I, I mean, vampire boob. I mean, space vampires. No, no. I mean, I mean, life force. Two kids looking for a new thrill. Steve. He is the most feared and powerful warrior. And Paul. A strong-willed woman who knows what she wants and just how to get it. But this time, the thrill went too far. Their target, Canon Films. The home of high-powered, high-voltage motion picture entertainment. With the screen's biggest spectacles brightest stars, and boldest lineup of explosive entertainment. We're taking motion picture excitement over the edge, and your box office over the top. We're Canon Films, and we're Dynamite. And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. My name is Paul, and I'm joined by the other half of At the Devil's Ball, Samuel. Thank you for hey. coming on. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, uh, we cheated on you with uh, Nathaniel just by himself recently. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. okay. <laughs> I, I'm a very forgiving person. Yeah, it's. Just, I mean, all of podcasting is this one big like uh, polyamorous relationship, right. right? It's just it's just all dudes talking dudes all the time. Right. But no, thank you for yeah, coming you're on. Definitely part of my polycule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like the human centipede, but with podcasts. I don't right. know. Uh, and it's all the same content in and out, right? So, no, thank you for coming on. Uh, we're going to get into a year of canon, which I know we've done that a couple of years ago, but it's always right. fun to revisit canon. And um, whenever I was asking you to come on um, and, you know, having some opinions um, and right. dogs have opinions. I'm sorry, about my canon. dog is. Um Seeing Not dogs, great, right today. Yeah, it's it's fine. Like I know Steve has um, some horse monsters of dogs that he always says they're not monsters, but I don't know if you could like they're such loving animals. But like I have a cat, they're like this big, and then dogs that you could put a saddle on and ride around. It's very um, you know, it's intimidating a little bit sometimes to be in a room right. with like you know a much larger like they're like oh shit, animals can be this big, you know. So I I get it. Well, I- <laughs> But our dog's like 28 pounds, so she's a smallish dog. Yeah, you know? so you can put a smaller, tinier saddle right. on it. And like those black and white images, what Tina Fey would show, where it'd have the monkey riding the dog, I think it was, mm-hmm. on Conan. Uh, right. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we um, – so when we were kicking around ideas for what to do for the show, you know, I was like, you know, why not Canon? Because this is going to come full circle. The first time you ever did a podcast was this show, and we talked about right. Death Wish 3 for our year of Canon. Yeah. So – and then somehow that was the vampire, the space vampire bite that, that, right. you know, got to you that you wanted to start podcasting. Right. I think that's what yeah, you told me. Totally. Well, you're like, you know what? I could do it better than these guys. The bug, yeah. You're like, I could do it way better than these two, these two. <laughs> no. You know, that yeah. Wasn't the so, yeah. So like, why not? Why not just do some right. canon stuff? Right. So, um, before we get to, and, and like we, we skipped over life force during our year of Canon, mm-hmm. um, and we're getting to it now. This is going to be a hell of a thing. I'll just put it right. that way. Um, if people are interested, it's on Paramount plus, uh, you can check it out there. Like it's, you know, if, if you want to watch it, if you've not seen it before, but well, like I have some information surrounding the film itself that is very entertaining, but before we Which do that. Which version is on Paramount plus? Is it the, uh, us or the, it the, was like an hour and 40 minutes. So I don't know if it was the longer yeah, that's, cut. That's the, the, the European cut, I think. Oh, I know yeah. that there's a longer cut that has like 12 additional minutes or something. Right. And it's like, 
more stuff on the, the ship, which I'm kind mm-hmm. of curious about, but I'm also like, I don't think I really care either way. Cause I don't right. really think they like, I, I don't know how, I don't know if this film needed to be longer or shorter. Like none of it ever felt like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get to whatever that. Whatever length it's added, it's the wrong yeah. length. Yeah. Like, whatever, like whatever. It almost feels like every decision that could be made uh, incorrectly was almost made in this, but yeah. So we'll get there in a minute, but before we g- yep. get into all that though, I know like as is customary with, with you on that, the devil's ball, you and, and Nathaniel do have a talk about like what you've seen recently. I know that we do I, that here on the show. Is there anything you've been watching recently you want to talk about anything? Uh, I, I, uh, didn't want, uh, I didn't go to my customary living dead weekend, uh, in Pittsburgh. So I, in, in, in about a depression, I bought a whole bunch of Jackie Chan movies. Yeah. I see you've been so posting been about that. Those. You've been branching yeah. out with that and, um, bond stuff too, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Rewatching the bond series and watching a bunch of Jackie Chan movies that kind of slipped by me, you know, uh, we watched, uh, battle Creek brawl the other day. Yeah, and that like, was that was a lot of fun. I, that's that's a blind spot that I have is a lot of martial arts stuff. Same, uh, and, yeah, and it's same. like, and I know uh, Jackie Chan's uh, made plenty of movies, good, bad, otherwise, right. right? But it's like, how do you, where do you start? Like, how do you find the good ones? You know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's uh, there, there's a there's a box set that's like you know 1975 to 1982, and then another one that's like 1985 to 1990. So it's like, it seems like it's a pretty good sweet spot for him, though, right? In terms yeah, of the output, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember, do you remember when Rumble in the Bronx was released in the U S like that was like, yes. and I saw that in the theater and I yeah. had, I had so much fun. Uh, but it was like, I didn't, me being an idiot, didn't realize that it was a, a foreign made movie put in the U S theaters and dubbed. Not that that ruined the fun for me, but it right. was just really like, I thought it was, you know, you're a kid. You think everything's made like in Hollywood or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, it's a Hollywood made you know, Jackie Chan film. And I'm like, right. Yeah. And it's like, and it, so well, it's a Vancouver. Made one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. But it's like some <laughs> of the stuff in there, it's like, there's a lot of different storytelling and like character beats that is very accepted in that type of cinema that I was right. not used to. Uh, and it's like, it's just different, t- different ways of like getting things across and also realizing that, you know, sometimes things are more comedy like than dramatic. And that's a lot of Jackie Chan. Cause like, I think he is, he's the modern day Buster Keaton. Like, you know, like in oh, terms sure. of like, there's, there's a fight in, uh, this movie where, uh, he's not, he's not supposed to be fighting these people. Okay. So it's all this physical comedy of him pretending like he's, you know, just like falling over and punching him, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, he ducks out of the way. So the two guys punch each other, that kind of thing. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I think he's um, right now. He's my current favorite. You know these these amazing films where he did you know the the martial arts choreography for and you know did all the stunts for and you know it's just it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I just I I do remember though seeing the outtakes, the end credits of uh, Rumble in the Bronx, and seeing the things that went wrong. And the the one that really was funny but upset me was the bit where he was supposed to slide behind a pinball machine as it came mm-hmm. crashing against the wall, and they hit him. And you just you just see right. them, you see them just pull the, the pinball machine back, and he's just like slowly shaking his head. I'm like, oh no, like you know, right. this, this would kill anybody else, but for whatever reason, he shook it off and kept. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. They always talk yeah. about like, you know, top Cruise doing his own stunts, but like, you know, he, he's got nothing on, you know, Hong Kong action movies of the eighties and nineties. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I saw, there was a story recently with the new film. Was it uh mission impossible dead reckoning part one? Right. There's a big like motorcycle jump that they Can said, we get a longer title for this. Yeah. Movie, right. Uh, <laughs> Parabellum. Just put it, just yeah. put it in there too. Uh, but 
he did this motorcycle jump that's supposed to be like the crazy stunt that he's done so far, right? right. And they did it day one of production because he said, if we don't get this right, then we know that we don't need to spend additional money. Meaning as opposed to putting it off, and if we screw this up, that means that's hundreds of million dollars for like this thing that's not going to happen. And I'm like, as much as Tom Cruise is one of the most insane people on earth in terms of personality, right. he knows how to make movies. And he's like, if yeah. we don't nail this off, like at, at the first, he's like, I'm going to be constantly thinking about it. And we just got to do it. I'm like, fair enough. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a smart way to do it. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, but yeah, uh, Jackie Chan would be like, yeah, we're just going to do it. Like, we're like wires. No, no wires. No, no. Yeah. Like, um, if I, if I die, we'll get it. We'll get it on the second take. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I see you're also in now into the, the Craig, uh, bond movies as well, which I, right. I need to get back to. I have not seen Spectre or, um, no time to die. Right. So I did see the other ones. I'm, I haven't. I, Bond's one of those things is also a blind spot because like I, for the longest time I used to be very dismissive. I'm like, oh, it's like mm-hmm. he never, you know, he never dies. I'm like, yeah, but I love superheroes. Like, right. what's wrong with me? Well, I was, I yeah. was, you know, one of the people who was raised on watching Bond on TBS, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day. So it's always been a soft spot for me. But um, yeah, I'm in the Craig Bonds right now, and uh, I I had seen Spectre and No Time to Die before, but I've only seen both of those once. Okay. And those are the only Bond films that I haven't seen like a thousand times. Okay. You know? Yeah, because I know like when I was going back, like I ended up watching Casino Royale and I ended up watching mm-hmm. that and Quantum of Solace back to back. Right. And I, as much as people decry Quantum of Solace of being kind of a weird, like kind of not a non-movie, mm-hmm. I, it's almost like it's a two hour long coda to Casino Royale. Right. So it's like right. if you end up watching them back to back, I think it actually flows a lot better in terms of storytelling. Really but like I could see why people were frustrated by that. But then you get to oh, what was the next one after that? It was Skyfall. Um, Sky, Skyfall is great. Oh you yeah. You know, like that's the Home Alone movie that everybody needs. You know. Right. Um, so, but I need to get to and the that's next the thing, two. Yeah. You know, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. You know, has done. You know, two of the best Bond, Bond films, like mm-hmm. flat out with uh, Casino Royale and Skyfall, and it's like. You know, that's quite a feat with with all the history of Bond films. It, yeah, be, considering you know, like the, the icons that have played the character. Yeah, and I, but right. I need to go back. Like I've seen, I, I've seen um, Goldeneye. That's I think it's like yeah. I've not really seen any of the rest of them. It's just I, I know there's fun to be had there. I just haven't. I just haven't did the deep dive, and I need to. That's that's a blind spot yeah. for me. So, uh, but yeah, good on you. Like to get in there and like you know, like it's, clearly you've seen them all before, but like you know, like watching right. them again. Um, so. What I got into, unless there's something else. Nope. Yeah, okay. Uh, I got in a Black Mirror just dropped their most recent season, uh, season six on Netflix. Five episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Black Mirror so much. Uh, you know, for a series, like you talk about, like there's been like one or two clunkers, but like that's out of like how, what, 30 plus episodes at this point? Like, because it's a right. very short runtime, but short season runs, I should say. And this season, uh, you have a couple, like what you call atypical Black Mirror, like uh, technology, like, you know, like 15 minutes in the future. But Charlie Brooker, you can tell that he's getting a little bored with that. And, and mm-hmm. there's some supernatural episodes. Oh, no shit. Um, and, oh, sorry. Yeah. Whatever. yeah. <laughs> just the, the, the F-bomb is the one that uh, we tra- But uh. even the last couple weeks, I realized that, like, there are only six people listen to us, so it doesn't much matter. <laughs> anyway, so and, – and two of us are right here in the same – they're talking right. right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, but um, uh, so – yeah, like there's two of them, and there's one um, that it says Black Mirror, and then you get into it. It's uh, called Demon 79, which is going to be right up your alley. You should check that one out sooner than later. And it says uh, Black Mirror presents a Red Mirror film. So I don't know if they're 
if they're teasing them, might there might be a split series called Red Mirror that's going to be more supernatural. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah and it's like, and it, 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 there's no, there's no less uh, societal. Like he, you could tell, Brooker has, you know, he's taking square aim at certain like things he wants to say about society, which is why. Right. Like Black Mirror works because uh, it's like, you know, it, it is in a lot of ways like a modern update to the Twilight Zone in the sense of like it is like literally sure. it, like, you know, it's showing us our worst tendencies and like how that could spiral out. But like Demon 79 is just it's it's like it's like Charlie Brooker writing Good Omens. I'll just put it that way. Wow. Uh, and it's it's fun and funny amazing. and mean and like great at the same time. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's a lot of fun, but I liked all the five. Every, some people are like, this is the worst season ever. I'm like, just calm, calm your, calm your jets. Right. Like it's anthology. And it's like, also this, like much like Rod Serling, Brooker's the main output guy. And if it right. took him four years to put this together after, um, Bandersnatch, mm-hmm. um, that big choose your own adventure thing. Has it really been four years? Wow. Since, well, since the last season, but I think, well, yeah, right. I mean, Bandersnatch came out before the pandemic. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a while. Yeah. And it's like, and if, if he wants to change what he wants to say, he's, you know, he's, you know, obviously he's getting older. He's earned that right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't care. Like I, there, the previous season was only three episodes and mm-hmm. it was like, you know, they're, you know, like varying quality there, but it's like, he still had things he wanted to explore. And I, like, I'm, I'm all for it. As long like I, I've seen like the worst black mirror episode was in series two. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's just, I didn't like it. And it was also unfortunately very true to society today, but whatever. I, call, I think it's called the Waldo moment, which was before the Trump presidency. Do with that with what you will. Right. Um, but like, I don't know, man, like I just, I'm all like, bring me more. And if something, it doesn't work, cool. We'll move on to the next one. I, as doing a Twilight right. Zone podcast, I've had to choke down a lot of bad to get to a lot of good. Or, sorry. M- sorry. A lot of bad and some good. Right, some great right. right so when people so there's not really like none of them are weak it's just that you know you're like this one isn't as great as the thing i saw before okay great right calm down. well nothing's gonna you know give you the same dopamine rush as you know your first experience with right? it's like yeah it's, that's why uh, internet critics yeah. who who act like that are just you know baffling to me because it's like well so what if this was the worst season you still let you know like in two years you're not gonna remember like Every season individually, it's yeah. all going to be mushed together well, in your head. And, I mean, if, you if you're going to argue that, like, oh, the good episodes, yeah, you're going to be like, well, we've seen this before. It's like, well, okay, but then why are you coming to Black Mirror to begin with? If you are like, you already know, like, I'm not saying that you should accept recycled pablum. I'm not saying right. that. However, if you're like, but you know, like, this is kind of a mix in this and this, it's like, yeah, the series been around for like 10 plus years, like longer than that now. Like, I, I how many times can you turn that trick? And completely for right. people. Um, with that being said, though, there are some pretty great moments in this, but that's why, like, you, you it's the character buildups. It's like the the kind of turning, you, you know, on your head about how society views things. Like, there's one that is set in the mid 90s that's dealing with paparazzi mm-hmm. that um, is interesting because it's like, it, it, so the technology portion of it is more, it's more of the social. Uh, aware, like it's like the TMZ in this of it, you know, like the, right. how do you feel about being like this predator out there trying to like, you know, capture people at their worst moments? It's like, it might be obvious, but I think it's an important statement, you know, yeah. I just, but yeah, I don't know, man, like five episodes burn through it. Um, is it the, the, the two longest episodes are about an hour, 10 hour, hour 20. The rest of them are right. less than that. You can get through it in a day. Uh, it, it's, I love it. I, I I'm a honk right. for a black mirror. So I'll just say that. 
Um, but yeah, that's what I got into. Um, but I should, people should check it out. But yeah, you, you personally, you should check out demon 79. I think you'll have a good time with it. And that's the one that of our circle of friends, I think that's the mm-hmm. biggest overlap. I, so I keep telling people like, check out that one. Cause I think right. that's right up your alley. I'm definitely going to watch the whole, the whole season. Yeah. I, well, cause I, this I, is the I, first one I didn't watch in order, you know, in terms of like suggested sequence. All right. Well, just because like, it was one of those things. It's like, it was Friday night. And I'm like, I could watch the short ones first. <laughs> you <Right>. know, like, <laughs> So I ended up on, on Saturday waking up and watching uh, Beyond the Sea and Demon 79, which is the last one of the season. Um, but it's like, I was like, I can, I could be awake for this in the morning versus me like trying to like plow through like, you know, five hours plus of content. Right. But yeah, it didn't, but it doesn't matter. Like there isn't really a re- like, um, if you watch it out, like you don't have to watch it a specific order. Right. But whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd recommend yeah, it. That's, yeah. It's an anthology. You can watch it however you want. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I just, Love Black Mirror. People should check it out. But that's what I got into. So, all right. With that all being said, look at that. twenty Almost 20 minutes of idle chit-chat. Uh, we should just get into our talk of the Year of Canon and Life Force. And now for our feature presentation. All right. Uh, Canon Films made Life Force. It uh, was released on June 21st, 1985. Uh, you know, um, I'll look up uh, the number one song here in a minute. But yeah, it is uh, directed by uh, Toby Hooper, written screenplay by Dan O'Bannon, Dan, Dan J- Jacoby, based upon the book The Space Vampires by Colin Wilson, produced by uh, Yoram Globus and Menachem Golan. It's kind of love saying those names again, just because right. just you, cause you know, you're getting into the bat shit crazy. Like, you know what? If you had made this movie bat shit crazy, it would have been fine too. You know, yeah. like you'd have been like a space bat shit crazy. Right. right. Um, and then, uh, we got steel, we got starring here, Steve rails back or Steve slaps women's back. I don't know, man. He just, women don't get the, the none of the women in this film are treated well. We'll just put it that no, way. No. Uh, we got Steve rails back, Peter Firth, uh, Frank Finley, uh, Matilda, Matilda may as space girl. That's her name there. That's great. Good. Glad that they couldn't give her an actual name. Well, uh, I mean, you know, they, they make it lady. We call her tits McGee, you know, tits McGee. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Patrick Stewart as Dr. Armstrong. Uh, we got, uh, who else do we have of note? Um, I, a lot of British people. Let's put it that way. I don't know. If this was uh, Patrick Stewart's first kiss on screen. <laughs> Go, well, good. You know, and yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's very sexy. I, you know, <laughs> like, uh, until we got to that one with him and the Riker later on in uh, next generation. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if there's any other actors uh, that you have. Like, uh, there's a lot. It's a it's a British yeah. production. It was shot over in England, uh, probably because probably it's a lot cheaper there, right. all things considered. And that's fine too. You know, I don't know if there's anybody else here that really stands out. But uh, Steve Rails back recently talked about on the other show that I do, um, Straight Highways, because he was in a segment of the '80s Twilight Zone, which was uh, in '86 when it was released. So it was around the same time that segment was called Dead Run, and he was actually pretty good in that. Like. For all yeah. things considered. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that that's what that is. Uh, I would ask you to surmise the plot. Yeah, you know what? You tell me what the plot of Life Force is. Good luck, please. Tell, me, right. tell me. Tell uh, so me. There's a, <laughs> so there's Haley's Comet, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's Aliens. <laughs> We're done. Thank you. Yep. We're out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. No, like, yep. so we got, um, was well, it a crew? Uh, it's a, co- it's a mixed crew of, uh, English and Americans, uh, going to Haley's Comet for reasons. Right, it's not NASA. It's ESA. It's yeah. like European space agency. Um, yeah. 
and and they go and they're going to explore Haley's Comet because it's you know the closest it's going to be for what what seventy six years whatever Haley's Comet right. is. And as they go there, they find an object inside the the they call it the coma right. of the comet. And they're like, oh shit, we should go to investigate that. So without really, I mean, because you can't coordinate. I'm sure trying to talk to the Earth that makes sense. Like, well, we got well, to make were, a decision. They were in like the blackout zone, I think. Yeah. Like, from the time they they found this spaceship, and it's you know it's 150 miles long, which. Did it really need a spaceship that big? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, considering the, it, it looks like, I know it's on purpose, but it looks like um, a virus. Right. Like the way it's kind of set up. It's like, yeah, but it's like, I don't know. I guess if you're going to chill in Haley's Comet, I guess you do need, you need a concourse. You need like a mall, a food court. Right. I don't know. Like, what do you need there? Um, something. Well, there's got to be a Sbarro's. There's got to be a Sbarro's. Yeah, you got to do that. Um, there there would be a Sears there. It wouldn't last yeah. It wouldn't last much longer, but it'd be there, right? You got to get your anchor stores in <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. Do Hot you think they a had stick. a pasta mania? <laughs> yeah. Uh, build a bat wear, uh, workshop, you know, <laughs> like what? <laughs> so, yeah, they're like, oh, shit, we should go investigate this. It's like, okay, fair right. enough. But it's like the moment they're just like, you know what? We're going inside. It's like, let's start touching everything. I don't know. That felt right. weird. Well, this, <laughs> I mean, that's always bugged me about, uh, you know, astronauts in movies. Like they just, they're just like, they act like small children and they just have to like put everything in their mouths. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. Yeah. So they go and they see like these, like, by the way, it's just the idea, like there's some cool ideas in this movie. And then yeah. like, so the first 35, 40 minutes of this film actually holds up pretty decent in terms right. of like the crew and going into the, like the, the, the weird spaceship, which you can tell because considering that, you know, Dan O'Bannon co-wrote the screenplay, you know, he has his opinions about finding derelict spaceships, right. And right. how to, you know, like I, I was hoping for an inflatable beach ball that was flo- like floating around and, a- and aggravating people. <laughs> um, but no, Dan O'Bannon, this isn't his first rodeo, like trying to write about space um, problems. Right. right. So, or, or zombies. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I like it when they first go in, they're like, Oh, there's all these dead space bats in here. And I'm like, that's a cool idea. That's a really cool idea. Right. Oh, but maybe you should get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Also it's like, Oh, these are alien life forms. So right. even regardless of their bat bats or not be like, Oh man, we're not alone in the world. All right. I guess it's time to go and tell everybody home, like what we figured out. Right. But I like that they're like, get the containment bag, AKA cargo net out. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it's like, they're highly, they're highly scientific, you know, tiny net. Yeah. And it's like, I just like, what is this double dare? Like you got to get three bats before like 60 seconds right. is up. But like the, like the one goes, one guy goes over and grabs like one of the talons and just breaks it off. I'm like, yeah, they're floating in the vacuum of space. Don't, I mean, what a guess that, right. that it's pretty crispy. I don't know. Um, so, like, so they grab that specimen. That should be, that should be like, that's it. Like, that is the find of the century, the find of like, you know, 1,000 years. Yeah. Get, get the dead space bats. Let's just go, go home. Right. But no, they have to go further. And that's when they find um, the, the, the Hooters bar uh, in there, <laughs> like uh, with the, with the, you know, the saddle bar under glass. Right. And it's like they find these three. It's like, and it's also, can I, okay. Um, I think the set design is interesting. It's just somehow like there's some cool ideas here, but it's like, it's not shot dark enough. Does that make sense to where it's supposed to be more upsetting, but it feels like it's too, it feels too clean. And I, I mean, if it's a purposeful choice, but like, I know they're trying to go for that alien vibe, but everything felt just like just a hair off in terms of like presentation. 
didn't they get a bunch of people who like worked on 2001 to to? I mean, to you think if, yeah, like, if you've worked under Kubrick, you would you think you know like what perfection looks like? I guess right. You know? But yeah, so um, so yeah, it's just I, it, like so I'm all about it. And the score from was it uh, Henry Mancini? Interesting mm-hmm. enough, works. You know, I did not hear any Pink Panther yeah. during this. No. <laughs> There's not really a call for it in the in the script. I know, <laughs> just but it's like the reason he, he got pulled into this because he's like I get to write like a 20 minute like space theme. I'm like, yeah, that's fine, do it. Yeah, the main title theme is a pretty yeah. damn track. Yeah, it's like that's the thing about canon is like every so often it's like it's like they're they're close but not quite, right. and it's like and sometimes like they hit it. Like you're like, oh, the score's pretty good. All right, oh, you got some interesting practical effects going on. Not quite, but interesting. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like they're always like just a shade away from being like, oh God, they almost got this, and then it's like, right. and then they don't got it. Um, so more on that in a minute. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they find these these uh, crystalline like you know uh, caskets, and it's like there's two. I like it's like two naked dudes, but like a naked female, and nobody cares about the dudes. None of right. them. I'm like, and they're like, oh, look at this woman. Like, and then the one, the one guy's like, I could verify it's a female. It's like, I've been up here since six months in space. I'm like, amongst a mixed sex crew. So right. like, that was a weird statement. Like, not yeah. that I'm saying like, you should be like horny for your, your, you know, squad mates or whatever, but it's like mm-hmm. this. Oh, that's a woman. They're all. Space HR is going to have something to say about it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, not those, not those lumpy potato sack women back <laughs> on the ship or whatever. I was just like, whatever. I like what they, you know, he says that you know, he spent six months up in space, and like, you know, I can tell this is a woman, and they immediately cut to like the the female crew member just kind of like looking at him, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So they decide Why her reaction. Shot, yeah, you know? that's so, yeah, that that works. Uh, credit credit where credits due. But yeah, they end up taking these these three back. Uh, the three humanoids and and a space bat, I think. But then mm-hmm. we cut to um, the ship. Uh, what's it called? Um, the it's the what's it called? Oh, the shoot. Churchill, Churchill, yeah. right? Because it was known for its excessive drinking. So the the ship is careening <laughs> back to Earth, uh, and it crash landed, and no survivors. However, um, they find um, was it they find uh, the 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 three people right. right? Um, and eventually you'll end up finding Steve rails back. Cause he crash lands in San Francisco and magically appears in England. Uh, if I, if I recall, he falls on the West coast and just like within, like within minutes, he's in England and yeah. in Europe. But, um, so, but the thing is like, um, with the, with the, the naked people, somehow people are like, you know, just like, they can't believe it. Like there's this, like, like you got to get to, it's like, it's like Jason goes to hell level attraction to right. Jason. Like I'm just compelled. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. And so it suddenly becomes like this thing where the vampires, like I have like the sexual, like person, like this possession power and they suck mm-hmm. the life force out of people. But then, right. um, it looks I, an awful yeah. lot like the quickening. Yes. You know? Oh, oh my gosh. I wrote in another group chat. I was like, mm-hmm. is life force a shitty doctor who episode or a shittier Highlander sequel? <laughs> Definitely the second. <laughs> <laughs> Because this feels like this feels like an R-rated Doctor Who episode right. in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah because like they're, they're, they 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 suck the life force out of people and they move up, um, they go about their business and then they become husks and then within two hours they reanimate and they need to suck the life force out of somebody else to stay alive. Right. And if they don't, they become um, uh, what happens if you empty a vacuum bag? Like they just right. explode into dirt. Um, but then it becomes this whole thing where it's like you got these naked hot people. Well, one of them. Because the woman has to run free. The naked dudes can't have them because no. how dare you see Space Wang in a movie? Yeah, you can't, you can't show Dong. Can't show Dong. Can't show Space Dong. 
Uh, but yeah, so we have our space girl with Matilda May wandering through um, the the was it the space air like the European Space Agency or whatever, uh, right. and then walking out naked completely, and either sucking life force out of people or just like just detonating them and pushing them away. It's right. it's very confusing. But she breaks free, and it becomes a thing of like, oh no, what's going on? Then we the spaceship comes close to Earth, and it becomes like oh. I don't. I'm really confused about this story. Yeah. yeah it's, that's it's, it. Like, it's just, yeah. I don't, I, I literally have no idea what's going on. Most the of the third time. act just like, just detonates <laughs> in such a way where, <laughs> where nothing before that makes sense anymore. Yeah. And nothing that's going on there, like, you know, really makes sense anyways. You know? It feels very like plan nine ish in the sense of like, you have like somebody has to literally be saying what's happening next. Right. Uh, just to stitch the movie together. And it's like it, cause it just, it never, cause there's the bit with Steve rails, rails back character. He was like the main commander of the space mission and he's back mm-hmm. on earth now. And because he ha- interacted with uh, the, the space girl, and uh, we like we find out eventually, like you know, they shared their life force or whatever. Like we know what that means, anyway. So right. um, and that he can somehow like f- like like much like we was a couple weeks ago, we covered John Carpenter's vampires on on the show. Mm-hmm. That whole thing where it's like, oh, can you tell me where the head vampire is right now? He could kind of do that too. But right. then they do the thing of like, oh, she switched bodies and now she's the English countryside and now she's like molesting this guy in a car and it's like this whole thing. I'm like. What is going on here? It was like very weird. I just, yeah. I don't know. Like, and like, I'm like, oh, so did you lose that actress? No, she comes back later. Well, then why <laughs> did you do that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make a whole lot of goddamn sense. Um, yeah. And they never really established the rules. The rules are just whatever that scene says they are. Yeah. And it's like, like, I don't mind. I don't mind batshit crazy. I don't. Right. right? But like, can you pinpoint a little bit? Cause then yeah. like when we get to like the last like 20 minutes where like London is like, you know, being like under siege by like this plague of like, you know, energy vampires, like, well, sorry, like husks. Right. Right. It's like, how fast could that happen? Cause if it's a two hour wait time, I don't yeah. know. seems like, I mean, I get that you, you, you eventually like hit like a you know, ge- geometry, like a geometrical, like, you know, force factor, whatever you want to call that. Right. It's like, but it's like, wow, that got out of hand pretty quickly. Um, and then also how like the one guy who was like, you know, um, how the, the, one of the older distinguished British guys is like, yeah, you got to use a leaded blade to kill right. them. It's like, cool. How did but you figure that heart, out? Two inches below the heart. <laughs> 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 what? It's like, I tried other blades, but this one's leadened. You know, like, okay, right. great. You know? Oh, um, was it, um, Dragonstone? Trial and error went into that, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like this spork did nothing. Right. <laughs> this, this, uh, Stainless this McDonald's steel. like cocaine spoon didn't do do much either. <laughs> this but this butter knife that stainless steel did nothing, you know, right. like whatever, you know. Um, so so yeah, it's just it's a very confusing film. Um, you know, it's not to tear through the plot, but whatever that means, I don't know. Right. But um, so so the the things I want to ask you, and I'm sure we talked about this before about Death Wish Three, mm-hmm. but like, um, what is your connection with canon? Like in terms of like your relationship, um, with, yeah. Yeah, I grew up watching, you know, Chuck Norris movies and um, with my brother. Uh, my older brother is more into action and I'm more into horror, but we could always, like, you know, find an action movie to, you know, mm-hmm. come together on and uh, and watch. And a lot of those wound up being, you know, canon at the end of the day. <laughs> so, Fair enough. No, but, like, when you brought Death Wish 3 to Steve and I, like, mm-hmm. I... 
it was, I mean, I, we were already covering canon films, so I knew we were getting into some like batshit crazy things, right. but like, it was like this revelation of like, oh, this is what they're doing. Like, yeah. You know? Like, it's like, oh, wait, rules don't apply to this at all. And this was supposed to be like yeah. a theatrical release for real. Like, you know, like, well, I mean, yeah. it's like with this one, I mean, they were expecting this to be their Star Wars, you know? Yeah. And it's, um, I don't know how. I don't know what sort of thinking is involved to think that, you know, this hard R rated movie with, you know, all this, you know, full frontal nudity, uh, it's going to be yeah, a, it's a hundred million dollar picture. I mean, you know? so like with the success of like, you know, alien and everything. So I think mm-hmm. they were trying to do like, cause they're, cause if you look at the poster, like it's not, it's not dissimilar. Right. With like, there's right. the image of earth where it's like, uh, it says, uh, in a blink of an eye, the terror begins. Like we get, you know, we get what they're trying to do. Like kind of, yeah. cause they also changed the name from space vampires to life force. Cause they're trying to make it sound more like mainstream, you know, right. cause they're like all oh, space vampires. That sounds like a B movie. You're like, well, what are you making? A B movie. Right. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like it's a, a B movie, but like more specifically, like a B movie from the sixties. And yeah. you know, they didn't want to seem dated, I guess. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, like so with my relationship with Canon, obviously over the like the time that Steve and I dug into things and and, and mm-hmm. I wrote like I wrote a number of blog posts about other canon films that he didn't watch. So I choked down a lot of weird shit. I like right. going going bananas or whatever. Like I the Green Knight. Don't like Sean Connery <laughs> playing the Green Knight. Oh, oh, no. oh yeah, yeah. Uh you should check that one out. It's like, what if Canon tries taking upon like the Arthurian like myth? It is weird. Right. It's a weird movie. <laughs> That's most of Canon. Like, like, you know what? Maybe, maybe this one will be the one that breaks through. And it's like, yeah, maybe not. Canon Canon definitely has that thing where they're like, you know, we have two thirds of a great idea. And uh, we're just going to like, you know, fill the other third with just straight up nonsense. Well, that like the things like they like Menachem uh, Golan in particular was mm-hmm. the, like say what you well one he had a passion so you can't deny that right because like right as much as like I mean he directed the Apple ugh, you know, and that that that's definitely a film that has passion behind it right um everybody do the BIM uh but uh. Like he also ended up doing like, you know, Delta Force, which is, it, it's not a great movie, but it's actually pretty well done for what it is. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, made. Man. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like you're actually like, like, I mean, you're a competent filmmaker, so you actually know how to tell a story, you know, like, right. but then he would always like, I think he was always like thinking big, like it was, it's, it's like, you know, his eyes were always bigger than his stomach in terms of like what could be done, right. In terms right. of like what could be like pulled off. Um, so with this though, like, like this is one of the few times that they kept pushing, uh, like Toby to be like Toby Hooper to be like, no, 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 just make it, make it happen. Here's your money. I'll tell you why, where the money came from. That's why they were pushing hard mm. for this to be like the big thing. Cause right. normally what would happen is they would like swing for the fences and tell everybody like, this is what we're going to do. And then about halfway through, they're like, by the way, you have one third of the budget, figure it out. That's exactly what they would do every time. Yeah. Because they already pre-sold the distribution rights to films they didn't actually have made yet. That was the shell game they would do. Yeah. And when they had smaller budgets, they were able to have like success. Because if one out of like four or five hits, it would cover the rest. But then they started trying to be like a big player and like in Hollywood. Yeah. And being taken seriously. And so then they started like overextending. Uh, and this and this actually this this film actually leads to why uh, Cobra got made. We'll talk about that in a minute. I love Cobra. <laughs> I, I'm not re- I bought I bought that fancy Blu-ray uh, a couple of years ago. 
Um, right. And if you, because, well, we'll talk about this in a second too. I saw that as a kid. I haven't revisited them. And I have meant to. I meant to over and over again. Uh, but but you've also said that you've owned Life Force for quite a while. And this is your first right. time, first time watching it, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, I, I, like I told you before we just, we started, like, I don't know, I don't know why I never got to it before this, because this feels like it's this, a revelation. Th- this is one of those films that like, I feel like, like from the, the time I've known you, this would be the one that they'd be like, Hey, you guys want to watch, you know what? Let's just watch this. And just like, you wanted to sit in the back and watch everybody else watch life force. This feels like something right. that, that I know you would always have in your back pocket waiting to be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You want this? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely there now. <laughs> <laughs> like this is like almost like le- like the uh, the Manitou levels of ridiculousness in terms of like oh I see where you do does it what who does it make sense I don't know yeah oh yeah all I needed was um, a smaller person playing a Native American in this film and it would probably have been like perfect I'm kidding but um <laughs> no I just things things in this movie that just blow my mind well one it actually looks pretty good yeah. like the cinematography and this is actually like cinema quality. So that's right. that's off-putting about like this film looks good for what it is, um, you know. And some of the and some of the practical effects look pretty good. Not, not all of it, but some of it. Yeah, I mean, well, they had you know the cinematographer who did the Return of the Jedi, like you know, yeah. did this movie. So yeah, it's just but, I wish that he they would have given him a little more carte blanche to like light the um, the spaceship better. Yeah, and or how to shoot the actual like that because I think. That imagery, because like when you see in the background, like all the other containers that could potentially hold, because we don't know, it looks like they found like the three perfect life forms, like whatever, right. um, you know, uh, two white males and one white female. I don't know what that <laughs> says anyway. And, and I like that the, the, the English people didn't question like, oh, they're perfectly okay. It's like, you know, what if, what if their skin color was slightly different? They'd be like, well, we'll just take these bats and go home. Like, right. <laughs> You know, like it would have been like, you know, anyway, but we well, get suddenly this. like the British colonized the ship, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like they turn around. They're like, no, this is ours now. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that should have been the end of the movie. It's like, they just, it's like, and then they went on to colonize the spaceship and then Britain, Britain went on to expand their scope to the stars. You know, <laughs> that would have been in line. Right. Right. Like, um, so so yeah, like some of the, so all that looks pretty good, but like and some of the practical effects are okay. Like um, when we get to the husk, the first time mm-hmm. we see a husk, it's like that feels like um, Return of the Living Dead, oh, which for sure. which is fun. But it's like I think Return of the Living Dead, as much as that's a fun movie, that's a different different type and tier of film. So your expectation in terms mm-hmm. of like goopy and weird effects is different there. Cause you know what you're getting into. This is supposed right. to be being treated as like this, like super serious sci-fi film. And I'm like, that's a Muppet. That's yeah. A, like, it looks like a dehydrated Muppet. You know, it's it, just... it almost looks like Jeff Dunham's uh, racist. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at the, uh, I'm the terrorist or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, am I wrong? I like, it's not that far off. Right. From whatever, no, yeah. I can, I can see it's like, I kill you. you know? <laughs> yeah. And then eventually the jalapeno pepper shows up. Like the, right. the, the racist jalapeno pepper is like, for, on no, a stick. Reason. <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. Uh, so, so like, but I, like, I, I appreciate it. And then like, at least like some of the initial like life transfer stuff kind of works. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's bits and pieces in this that do work. Um, and I, it just frustrates me. And I, I, I'm always a sucker for like the blue lightning effects of the eighties. 
You know, yeah, like it's always looks good. It's like it. It's always fun. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, but this is like it's used like weirdly here and there. Okay, great. Um, the one thing I, I think is funny that I don't know if anybody thought about is that that space agency, that space agency, when they're running from like the upstairs to wherever the people are contained, how yeah. many doors did they run through? Did you notice it was like door? It was a door, lot. Door. Yeah. But it's like, it was all like office space. Like, you know, if you like, it was like the daily planet, like, was right. like all these like areas, like it's like, this isn't a really secure area to keep specimens. No. It's all glass. And wooden doors, like I don't know, right. just but there was like eight. It was it was almost Benny Hill level amount of doors. Like if this yeah. was if this was done today as a joke, it would have been ten minutes of them running through doors, like like opening and closing, right. opening and closing. Um, but yeah, I thought that was funny. And then whenever they explode all the glass, I'm like, well, of course, there's like eight thousand panes of glass here. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I Check dug all that. Um, like, and just. <sighs> And then even with the notion of like Steve Rill's back character of being like compelled and him finding it, like we find out his story later is like, yeah, everything was turning sideways on the spaceship, but I realized that I needed to burn things up. That explosion right. on the shuttle is really cool. That mm-hmm. sequence of him getting into the escape pod, that's a good sequence. It yeah. looks good. Um, knowing Canon, three people probably died making that. <laughs> You know, or, or got uh, gravely hurt. Cause I mean, according to the, the, the book I'll mention in a minute, when they were shooting the apple, they lost a tiger on the set and a scene that wasn't shot. They lost, they lost a large predatory cat during a sequence. They were like shooting. It, it died or it disappeared? No, no, no. It just, they lost it. They don't know where oh, it went. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's with Joe Exotic now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's my starter tiger. That, that, yes. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how many people actually died making life force. Um, right. but that's like, okay. Or that went missing. Yeah. Right. Um, and then even at the end when like the one handsome, the, you know, man vampire, like when they're mm-hmm. getting to the cathedral, when he turns into a full space vampire, right? Like I remember that looking way cooler as a kid and then seeing it now yeah. you're like, Oh man, you were almost there. You were almost there. Right. Like, it's just, it's like, Oh man, graveyard shift did this better than you with uh weird wing, <laughs> winged creatures. And that's not a great movie, you know, oh. <laughs> like, so I don't know, like where, where, where do you come from? The, Cause like when you, when you watch this, you're like, I have no idea what I just watched. Right. And we're only 40 minutes in the episode and 20 minutes was talking about other things. So this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like where, where do you like, where do you land on this? Cause I know you watch a lot of weird things. And I know you really appreciate a lot of swings and misses for the yeah, effort. I, like how, where, do, where do you land on this? Well, that's a, uh, I really did a, did appreciate the movie. Like it's, um, it's much like, you know, Canon's other films. Like it's, it's a fascinating disaster. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just like, you want to learn, you know, exactly like what happened behind the scenes and, and, and what went wrong to make this thing like almost work, but not quite. And that's, that's my favorite kind of like bad movie where, where almost everything works except just, it never comes together. <laughs> You know, yes. it's like you're doing this, the plate spinning thing and, you know, all of a sudden you just drop all the plates and <laughs> piss your pants and, <laughs> and forget what you're doing. Um, I, I, I dug that. Like, I like the effects. Um, there's a lot of good, you know, 80s effects in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they don't really work for the film because the film wants to be taken seriously and it's just not a serious film. Yeah, I um, mean, like but that's that's maybe the weirdest thing about it is that it you know it wants to be a contender and it's it's 
it's really it's really just a B movie. It's it's trying to trying to tell you it's not. Yeah, well, because also too, like like um, in terms of Toby Hooper, like he had just come off of Poltergeist, if I, right. if I recall, which everybody will argue about who did what there. Like I'm not going to be the one to step in those waters, yeah. but um, clearly, like he has changed um, the face of horror cinema. You can't deny right. that. But somebody that was um, very wobbly. We'll put it that yeah. way. Like in terms of like, you know, like, I mean, we, before we did the year of Canon, Steve and I, we covered uh Texas chainsaw two for like a year of sequel we did for, um, sorry. We did one whole uh, October of the sequels. Right. Right. And uh, uh, chainsaw two is a weird movie, but Hooper wanted to not make the same movie again. So credit to him. Yeah. And it, it's a fun movie, but it is weird. And I'm not Originally, against that. He was just going to produce it. And they, they kind of like, you know, twisted his arm into directing it. Well, that part of the reason was like, he, he didn't get it. Like, it was like, he did three movies for Canon. Uh, this right. one, uh, invaders from Mars and mm-hmm. Texas chainsaw too. And it was like, you know, it's like, I think it was because like, if he didn't get to do the two, he wanted to do, they right. wouldn't green light that one. So he, like, you know, like again, well, I mean, also credit to Canon. I'll put that in the lowercase <laughs> uh, that they're like, we know where the, like the, like we know that Texas chainsaw is like a cold hit now, like come back to it. Cause we, we, we like make it, we will, we will release it, you know, for a $7 budget. Would, Wasn't we, he one of the people they offered Spider-Man to as, as well? Um, I don't know. I know um, at the time Cameron was on board to do Spider-Man mm-hmm. uh, for them and then they were doing pre-production on that and that collapsed and they took the Spider-Man and the Master Universe sequel that was already right. like being planned after that film fell apart. And then, um, is it, um, oh, what's his name? Albert Pion, who just recently passed. Like, get, like, you want to talk about a guy that always tried to like, you know, do his best with what he got. Like, I'm not, a, I'm not the biggest Pion fan, but I appreciate that he did it. Like he like right. always like tried to, to have like, He's a person of note, right? Um, and he put those two things together and made Cyborg. Mm-hmm. I know that, right? So, right. yeah. So I know that much. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Toby Hooper, Spider-Man, who knows what that would even be. <laughs> like, that would have been odd. Wild. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and l- weirdly lacking. Like, I don't right. know. No, but like, I know uh, James Cameron's original vision was uh, Michael Bean as Peter Parker. Right. And Schwarzenegger as Electro. Think about that. No, sorry, yeah, Doc Ock. He would have been Doc Ock. Doc Ock. Yeah. And it's like, that's, you know, like, yeah. And then I think I think Electro is in there somewhere. But yeah, it would have been like Doc Ock. Hey, Schwarzenegger is Doc Ock and Peter, and, and Michael Bean is Spider-Man. I I kind of want to see. I wish somebody would make a comic that would be kind of taking Cameron's ideas. And or at like, least, you know, push it into like, you know, into the Spider-Verse 3. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Come on. Come on, everybody. Do it. If you're going to. If you're going to reference all the things you did in that second film, which I'm not going to get into, right. um, you know, the, the only thing, the only thing they have not done yet is Japanese Spider-Man, uh, which I need to see him be, uh, was it an agent? Was it an agent from hell? Agent or of hell. Yeah. Agent of hell with guns. Like they need to have yeah. him show up for a minute in that movie. Right. That'd be amazing. But they, I remember, yeah. remember when the first one was coming out and you know, they had the, the, the spider robot. And I'm like, I, I got really excited for a minute cause I thought they were doing the Asian, you know, yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> The leprechaun, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Like, who knows? Maybe they're maybe they've been like just sitting on it. Feel like everybody's waiting for leprechaun, you know. Right. So, uh, so yeah. So here, um, let me let me get into a little bit of um, what kind of like the background where can where canon was at at the time with this. Mm-hmm. You'll be fascinated by this. So, there's a book I used during our year of canon with with Steve. It's called um, Hollywood A Go Go, written by Andrew Andrew Yule. It's a 
Hollywood to go go the true story of the Canon film empire and I and I love I'm going to show you like on camera if you can see mm-hmm. the uh, the smiling faces yes of, yeah of um, the Golden Globus so much hope in those eyes <laughs> yeah this this book was published in '87. Right. So I just want to point this out. This was before the absolute collapse of Canon films, but in the pre, like the, the introductory, the wheels were coming off. Oh, yeah. the, this is written from a financial perspective, which I think I've talked about that previously, but the, the introductory mm-hmm. chapter um, compares Canon films to the Indian rope trick of how like somebody <sighs> goes up and uses a rope and then the rope falls. It's like, it's like how, like, but there's right. no rope. It's like, how do you do that? And it's like, it's all a trick. Yeah. The gentleman who wrote this was kind of like trying to explain, like, this isn't a trick, like they're mm-hmm. front selling and, and collapsing. Right. So, right. Um, so yeah, here, uh, there, we're, we're going to talk about, um, missing in action for a second. Cause this will tie into everything here. Uh, the simple minded adventure struck a responsive chord with its target audience and to the delight of Canon's bosses, the gross box office for missing in action climbed to 28 million since it only cost 1.5 million to make. This box office figure translated into big money for Canon. The gross netted uh, down to rentals over $11 million and with a, a deduction for $3 million for marketing costs. That still left them with a juicy $8 million uh, alone from U.S. markets, or $6.5 million after the film's negative cost was recovered. And the rest of the world still, well, you know, what was it? And the rest of the world still to go, meaning we're not counting the international grosses, right? Nice. Whoever suggested that Canon's forward revenue estimates were over-optimistic, here, uh, they, that's a question. Here was one proof positive that that they most certainly were not, at least not in this uh, Swallows case, but a long, hot summer was about to settle in. Missing in Action 2 already in the can was announced immediately, but surely this uh, predated the action of, uh, of the first film. No problem, decided Canon, as they proceeded to dub it Missing in Action 2, The Beginning. Because what happened is they shot the films back to back. Right. And they realized that the second film was way better than the first. So they released that one. It's called Missing in Action. And they knew right. the, they knew the first one was shitty. So they, they called it they, they called it Missing in Action 2 and they dubbed it a prequel. Right. And so they gambled right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, These yeah. Were dumb guys, like they. That, that was this is the one time they got like of of like they had some they had some ideas every so often. But I love the idea that they both films were made. They're like, oh, the second one's better. Release it first, and we'll just we'll release a sequel and call it a prequel. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I I kind of love it. I kind of love it, right? So, uh, Golan predicted it'll be even hotter. He had made the correct commercial decision on this occasion and decided to release the sequel first, but he was unable to boast about it as that would have been poor publicity for the past over missing action to the beginning. Right. So, all right, the, we're getting into, we're getting into life force. Um, hotter than hot was the expectation also for breaking the breaking sequel, breaking Two, sorry, Breakdance Two, electric boogaloo with an increased budget. The film was being rushed through to cash in on the dance craze and success of the original. It was expected that Canon's own releasing arm would handle this as there was no downside involved due to the still relatively uh, peanut budget. Although a potentially big hit was anticipated with Boogaloo, uh, the, um, the one they were concentrating on and had prepared for years finally went into production in England under Toby Hooper's direction, Golan being convinced that uh, he was the director to bring Colin Wilson's Space Vampires to screen. Dan O'Bannon 
and Dan Jacoby had hammered out the script and John Dykstra was in charge of special effects. We talked about him. We didn't name him, but we talked about him previously. Right. Hooper had been the subject of some controversy after what many felt was the revolting spectacle of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre hit. He was the director of the Spielberg produced Poltergeist, although it was rumored that Spielberg had taken over the reins himself on more than one occasion. Again, this book was released in 87, so everyone was already talking about it. His other credit was a further dubious uh, taste item in uh, Chainsaw Vein, uh, Funhouse. So, right, we like that. Right. That's a fun one just because the novelization that was written by uh, Dean Koontz under a pseudonym was mm-hmm. doing really well on like, like selling. And then the movie came out, and then the movie tanked, and it ruined the book sales. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> he was how given, you know you have a bomb on your no because he was given carte blanche to kind of fill out the backstory for things right and everyone's like this is a pretty good story and then the movie came out and just ruined the book sales which i think is funny anyway yeah um so um steve yell's back uh frank finley and peter firth were, were cast in what was reported to be can's most ambitious production to date uh claimed to be budgeted at 22.5 million this time they were aiming for the 100 million mega buck jackpot uh, one to silence once and for all the doubting Thomases who called their further revenue estimates over optimistic. So, all right. Um, so well, here's what happened. If mission in action had given them something to think about, um, this one would blow them away. This, the, you can tell the <laughs> author's being sarcastic. I love, I love that he interjects his own opinions in this. Um, they had been forced to flog space vampires around to the majors looking for finance and return for us rights. But the only one to bite was TriStar who were trying to get big in a hurry and saw this as their chance. They put 12.5 million into the kitty. So they wow. did half more than half of the budget. Yeah. Right. So that, so here's the trade. They, 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 they could see why, but eyebrows were raised when it was further announced that TriStar would be releasing um, breakdance to electric boogaloo in the U S. So they're like, Hey, give us the, mm-hmm. like, give us the release uh, money for the U S release of break into electric boogaloo. Right. right. <laughs> oh, if only they knew. All right, so let, let's moving on here. I got I got a little bit more, so please bear with me. Um, the reasoning behind going to TriStar to chip into the budget made sense in the case of Space Vampires. The budget was too big, whether fifteen million or the claim to twenty two point five for Canon to finance on their own and protect their downside at the same time. There was puzzlement, however, as to why Breakdance Two Electric Boogaloo had been added to the deal. Surely it was felt Canon would have been better to release the low-budget break-in sequel themselves and cash in on what looked to be a surefire smash hit with no downside to protect as on Space Vampires. The truth is that the option was taken out of their hands as TriStar insisted on getting the break-in sequel's rights. Otherwise, there was no $12.5 million advance and no deal for Space Vampires. Thus, they insured themselves against what would be an expensive mistake if for any reason Vampires failed to click. TriStar was their last stop on Vampires. Canon was were forced to reluctantly agree to, to the two-picture deal, thus foregoing the cream of any profits that might occur from either picture. To rub salt in the wound, Canon were also forced to surrender TriStar uh, to the potential valuable cable TV rights. Uh-huh. So, yeah. <laughs> Now, how did Breakin do? Did it, oh, did yeah, it we're do getting well? into that here. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Here we go. I know it's a joke now. It's a meme, um, you know, but. Yeah. Oh, did I have that? Yeah, here we go. So, TriStar's first outing in the two-picture deal with Canon came with their release of Breakdance 2 Electric Boogaloo, uh, featuring uh, the the same talented young cast as Breakin. Uh, yeah, but anyway, but, but all of them. Canon had poured considerably more money into it than they had Breakin, 
and it showed on the screen. Although still popular, uh, the craze was no longer as hot as it had been, and director Sam Furstenberg had made the sequel much more stylized. I think he's the guy that also directed American Ninja, by the way. Okay. Yeah. That's a fun movie. Like, yeah. the, those first two films are a lot of fun. Um, oh, what you want to say about Canon? They, they were... They were the caretakers uh, and the the birthplace of like the ninja craze, right? Oh like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, although still popular, the craze was no longer as hot as it had been. Uh, you know, so we talked about yeah, more stylized, uh, unarguably a far superior movie to its energetic, energetic but amateurish original, and positively bursting at the seams with neon bright color and vitality. The film, nonetheless, ended up a bore. For Breakin, had said it all. Alienation among its target audience threatened constantly. As um, cops and construction workers, kids and pensioners alike joined in breakdancing at every opportunity. So, yeah, the film didn't do so well. Right. So TriStar got raked is what happened. They're like, oh, we're going to get those rights. And they're like, yeah, I don't know about all that. So, yeah, that's what happened there. And then um, let me find where where is my – oh, no, my, um, my post-it notes. Where are we here? Um, so Life Force. Uh, come on. Anyway, so yeah, so the, the whole thing was like uh, dependent upon uh, Breakin being the one that was going to bring right. the money in, and that film did not, the Breakin 2, Electric Boogaloo, uh, did not bring the money in. Uh, and so then what happened with Life Force when it came out, um, it, it, come on, I, I promise I had everything, here we go. Um, so now came the release of Cannes acclaimed 22.5 million space vampires. Uh, that they had poured their own and TriStar's money down the drain seemed to be indicated by Variety's opening review, describing the picture as an unintentional laugh fest when it appeared <laughs> under the new title of Life Force. Um, TriStar for $12.5 million have have a, insisting on the change of the name. Right. <laughs> TriStar, respectable company. All right. Yeah, so um, and, and I'll mention this in a minute. I honestly thought this was part of the MGM deal that uh, Canon had made. Uh, that's not true. There, there was times where like they were showing up to the big boy party and some other companies want to get on the distribution deals. They actually had a number of films that they um, worked a deal out with MGM where MGM thought they would get like the better end of the stick. And they kept like, they kept like falling on their keys <laughs> this entire time. So it was like, Oh no, we're done with this deal. And then TriStar stepped in. Right. And then mm -hmm. after they, it was like, it was always like, like, I don't know. Like, I just felt, I, I just feel like, um, Canon was always like that, like, you know, that drunk uncle at a party that just, that shows up and just wrecks everything, but is having a good time. And everyone's like, <laughs> right. you know what? He has a pretty good time. Maybe, maybe we'll listen to what he says. I don't know. Like, oh, crypto. What can it? Oh, you want to be, want to buy some, <laughs> want to buy some NFTs? Yeah. We'll listen to you. That's what I feel like Canon is this right. entire time. So, all right. So after this, right? So um, um, it had been produced in Britain and was uh, uh, reminiscent of several old Hammer movies, especially uh, Quartermass in the Pit. Uh, the only difference apart from being nearly as good uh, <laughs> uh, and was that it had cost 50 times the price of Quartermass. Or Quartermass, right. sorry. Uh, Frank Finley's tendency to ham was totally unrestrained by the hapless Toby Hooper. And Steve Railsback uh, seemed totally lost. But in a way, it was unfair to single out any individual actor in such a project since the dialogue by Dan O'Bannon and Dan Jacoby was virtually unspeakable. 
Uh, it was almost as if they had aimed for a stilted British B film style straight out of the fifties. And it was sort of bung- a sort of bungled effort. One of the old style Hollywood moguls would never have put into production uh, for one glance at a truly awful script would have called for the project to have been aborted. Did Golden Globus really want to be descendants of the Hammer films? If so, they should have made it better. Um, this is, you'll appreciate some of this. Alexander Walker and, uh, and the London Evening Standard wrote the year's worst film. Uh, there cannot be another as bad on the way after only two releases. The TriStar deal was off. No shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, uh, as MGM's, uh, had been before it. Um, so now it was all down to Canon's own releasing arm. Once again, this is funny until Warner's did the honors next. That is, which you know, we'll get into that in a second. Right. Uh, TriStar's relief of life force gross 12 million, which boils down to domestic rentals, approximately 5 million. So anyway, there's some math here and it all came down to the total shortfall for this film was 14 million. God. Um, yeah, and I don't understand all the math, like the 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 the, the shell game going on, but right. the author does, so I appreciate that he yeah. spells it out, right? So, and as it was the actual result, it was more difficult to pinpoint because of Canon's pre-sale arrangements abroad. However, the foreign foreign uh, theatrical distribution should only have paid two point one million for the picture. All the movie was, was worth a U.S. All the movie was worth a U.S. flop by Gola's normal account combined with their ancillary partners. They would have coughed up at least the balance of Ken's budget, meaning their con- uh, uh, contribution. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, here. So, in a surprising announcement, you'll appreciate this. This is not related to it is, but it isn't. Uh, Warner Brothers stated that Sylvester Stallone would be making his next picture, Cobra, for them, although it would be a Golden Globus Canon production. Why were Canon apparently prepared to let Warner Brothers get the Rambo follow up? that could have been theirs with their long touted over the top because he's been, he right. was being you know tied to that for a while. Trade rumors had it that Cobra was to be a completely Warner's production, despite the token Canon billing and that Canon would just collect 1 million in cash from Warner's in return from releasing Stallone from uh, for Cobra. This would also suit Canon in as much as it would push the heavy couch outlay for over the top already pledged by four distributors in, in advance into a new fiscal period. So basically they're like, Okay, fine. Can we just at least say that we're releasing this? Can you give yeah. us one million dollars because we're failing at everything? Right. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, TriStar. Like, you just look at everything. It's like everything Canon touched. Like they. Um, it, so, in, in a metaphor for this mm-hmm. film, um, they sucked the life force out of every other company they worked with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought you'd appreciate that. TriStar's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Break it too. Give us those rights. They're like, yeah, sure. And then that film completely fails to the point to where it like Electric Boogaloo is like the joke name attached to everything now as a failed title, right? Like it is. um, (laughs) Yeah, don't make a sequel to your fad film. You know, it's it's just not. (laughs) Well, they eventually, because, well, they also, after that, they did a film called Rappin'. Right. <laughs> like they, they, and like, um, even like, um, even as early as like new year's evil, they mm. were trying to attach like different music, like trying different, they, they chase fads. Right. So right. I, th- I thought you would appreciate that. Like, like they're like, Oh, breaking did pretty good. Let's make a sequel. Yeah. It's like, yeah, by all tits of purposes, good idea. Right. And then TriStar's like, right. Oh, this is going to be money. Sure. We'll give you like, we'll give you half your budget for life force. And then it's like, <laughs> it's like one, it's and like, Oh, breaking didn't do well. Yeah. And then life force right. is like, Nah, we're not going to do well. Either. <laughs> right. I don't know why this isn't more common knowledge. 
in terms of like, um, like right. the, the internet. Right. I don't know. I thought you'd appreciate that. Um, long winded story of, uh, where we, where right. we ended up at with this, this film. So anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, my God, <laughs> anything else? I, Jesus Christ. Like I, I feel like I, I, I feel like I owe another two hours of invasion content, which is not right. true, but no, I'm kidding. But like, what else to say about this film? Like the, 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 like the way women are treated, no matter what's going on is very upsetting to me. Um, especially our main character, like the, the, sorry, mm-hmm. the space girl walking around nude the entire time. And everyone's like, <laughs> and then all the guys, right. they're like, Oh, she can't be a problem. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, she's a very attractive naked lady walking around, but it's like, right. also like she's from another world and a threat. So maybe, I don't know, not be weird about it. And then now if they would have shown her possessing like, you know, another one of the women to, to take over their body mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and become them. I think this movie would have actually passed the Bechtel test. <laughs> uh, That's fair. Um, but as it is, it does not. No, it doesn't. And then when we get her passing to the other woman that we end up like, eventually Steve Reels back shows up in her like little loft. And he's like, mm-hmm. tell me what's going on. Tell me. It's like, you know what I got to do? Beat the shit out of you to get yeah, the answers. It's, it's- it's kind of upsetting. Um, well, especially whenever he even admits he's like, I'm connected to this force, this life force, and I can right. tell where it is and where it isn't. Then that what that what that tells me the moment you touch her, because he's admitted, like, right. when, like then you already knew that she wasn't it anymore. So why would you strike her? Right. Well, that's what I'm saying about the yeah. rules not making sense. Yeah. Like it's just, you know. No. Cause cause you're right. He should he should know immediately that it's not her and you know start looking elsewhere but instead it, you know he's like i came in here to smack some people and i just got to do it <laughs> yeah, well no it's also like we 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 like whenever like there's the trap set for uh patrick stewart which um mm. like by the way i did a screen grab i didn't i didn't send it to you but it was him like when he was like drugged and in a wheelchair i was like this is the shittiest <laughs> x-men prequel ever <laughs> right <laughs> yeah but it's like um whenever we found out that he's like the leader of this like you know this hospital and and then Steve rails back and company is like, oh, we need to go see your most uh, one of your more troubled patients. And mm-hmm. they do the thing where it's like he like like describes the patient. Stewart's character is like, oh, I know this guy. Let's just go do this. It's like that's right. never like unless after beating the hell out of the nurse and was like, hey, give me give me a name of like one of your worst patients, and then I guess I'll stop beating you. I don't know. Right. Um, but like that whole thing too. What like, was yeah. Space Woman's plan? I don't. I don't know. Let yeah. It, yeah. Like, because at the end, you know, the it's the uh, the two dudes who basically, you know, topple London. Well, but I think the thing is, is that since she gave part of like supposedly per mm-hmm. the exposition, whenever they're up in space the first time on on the actual like the 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 shuttle, right. uh, uh, her and Railsback, you know, um, life force together, and they they switched they they you know you know whatever. They, they had sex and then they, right. they gave each other some life force stuff, whatever. Uh, they both drank from the juice boxes. And then somehow, <laughs> because like he, she, he still had a little bit of her that for her mission to be complete, um, she needed him. I don't know if that was like this thing of like, well, we're coming to earth where there's humans here and we need mm. to, cause she also said, they also said that before you discovered the three of us in our, our Zod prison, crystal 
cases or whatever. Right. Um, the, the Phantom Zone uh, that we had just assumed like the perfect, um, you know, which by the way, I think it's funny because I think it's all dudes going in there at that room. And they right. just like, it's like, oh, wow, there's three of these. Right. Both pick dudes. Like uh, there's that unspoken like thing of like, you know what? A couple of these guys are into dudes. I'm not judging, but I'm like, yeah, they don't yeah. really. It's a. <laughs> It's, it's the last place you expect to find queer coding. Yeah, that's uh, fine. Like, you know, like, I'm c- congratulations for before thinking there, like right. for all the things this film doesn't do. Right. But it's like, she reveals like, Oh, I was the perfect woman in your mind. And I pulled that out and this is what's going on. But it's like, I feel like it was like a, like a, uh, uh, was it a, um, a gozer, like key, key, uh, key master or whatever, whatever right. thing going on where it's like, it's not quite clear, but it's like, we needed some kind of humanity to be able to absorb their life force so we can go have everything go to the ship. Uh, and then that's when we move on. Cause they're like a virus. They're like an infection. Right. Like, but it's like, I'm giving this film too much credit because we're what 30 years on and we mm-hmm. can, we can piece that together. The film doesn't tell us this because no. we've seen, we've seen, we've seen other better media that's done it better that we can right. reverse engineer and understand what's going on. But this film doesn't tell us anything about that. No. It tells us dick. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, that's what I take from it. I just, right. I still have no idea what's going on. It's like, and then you're supposed to like, it's almost, Oh, and this is, this is going to give me, people might get mad at this. This, mm-hmm. this makes as much sense as the devil's reign. <laughs> you know? right. Like it's one of those things where it's like, I really want to like you, but your second act makes no goddamn sense. Can you please give me something? You know, like right. it's just very, frustrating and it just it's very canon where it's like yeah what if we just show you a bunch of boobs and then and then vampires right like are you cool with this they should have like every time they said something like nonsensical like they just like cut to boobs (laughs) and you know just can we do the noise after that it's like just to be like you know can can we literally have benny hill here in this film yeah we literally have him being like putting in like the little cap on sideways and kind of waking up the camera and be like, you know, whatever. Uh, Cause that would have been a great at the end where we had him trying to get the sword to the cathedral. That would have been right. amazing. Um, it just, there are bones here and boners here of a, yeah. of, of a better film. And I don't, I don't think this is a film worthy of a remake. I think it's completely because no. even the author, like I saw in the trivia, he's like one of his, like he said, somebody mentioned him like the worst film ever made. And after he watched this, he's like, I could do you one better. <laughs> it was the guy that wrote the <laughs> book. It was like, no, right. <laughs> like, you know, um, I just, I don't know where it's like if, if Toby Hooper had ultimate control over the outcome, um, right. like, and I know when you're shooting a film day to day, getting scenes, getting coverage, you may not see the bigger picture until the edit, which is a big thing as I've been exploring, uh, our journey with John Carpenter. He's literally said right. that films don't come together until you edit them. So maybe it's one of those things where, uh, Hooper had like this vision and an image. And then when mm-hmm. you get to the end, you're like, I don't know if I got it, you know, like, right. cause how, it's hard to say. Right. Cause wait, what might work in front of you and where you already understand where you think the story is, um, you might be too close to it. I, you know what I mean? Like, does that yeah. like, and it's like, I feel like this could have, this could have been a thing. Um, right. it, I mean, don't get me wrong. It is a thing to show people and just watch them watch this. Right. Like yeah. that's that, that forever for me, will be the fun part to be like, Hey, you guys want to watch something just that doesn't make any sense. Welcome to life force. Right. Um, you want to, you want to see what $22 million looks like that goes nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Try life force. 
Adjusted you for inflation. Of course, if you are pregnant. Yeah, yes. Like, I don't know. Like, this is if if I was ever like you know um you know what was it um the like uh, years and years ago uh, a common friend of ours uh, Rob and myself we went to the twelve right. hours of terrible here in Cleveland. If Life Force, if there was ever a twelve hours of terrible again, this should be in the lineup because yeah. it's one of those films that people need to watch in a group. It's right. fun as a romp, but it's like. Does it go from A to B to explain everything? Sure, because it literally takes people scene to scene to tell you what's going on. And right. that's not that's not good. Right? No. Even when you do the flashbacks, it's like that's not good if you like it's just I forgot right. about how much of this film is in flashback. When we get to like the Yeah, it is kind of weird that you yeah. know, a lot of the stuff isn't shown in chronological order. It's like, you're just making it more confusing for no, no reason well, I mean, whatsoever. The implication that we get our, the Steve rails back character of being like, mm -hmm. I knew, well, one, by the way, they talk about the rules. Everybody's getting like sucked dry, like Capri sun juice bags and none right. of them reanimated. Like, when yeah. they're, like whatever. It's fine. But like, even when he found out, it's like, Oh, um, you know, tits McGee and I, like we've been, you know, you know, whatever we're doing, Right. Um, I need to get out of here because this is bad and I don't, I can't let this go back to earth. That is a, like, that's a noble and interesting decision to be like, I can't let this exist. And him right. escaping makes sense. And when he says, this was the worst decision I ever made, not because of those that I lost because I didn't want to leave. The film doesn't do a good job of setting up that admission because I think right. that was, that's a really powerful statement if handled correctly, but it's never handled correctly that, the compulsion and desire like this wants to be like uh like super like dark sexy clive barker like compulsion right, right? but you never get that from this no. you know like it's just i don't it's, know it's it's too sterile in a way like it's you know which is weird for a film that's you know throws as much you know blood and, and, and boobs at the screen as it does <laughs> like did you like the bit whenever it like was the, um the, the the science guys are right outside like the storage closet that looks like a prison cell and right. the one guy the one guy that reanimated came back and he's like oh, 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 and he just yeah, kept just, running towards like the, the cell and then just just like and they're like oh no that's not good <laughs> I like how they're like, you know, put him in the isolation cell and it's just like a storage <laughs> closet. It's just him, like touching all, all the cleaning products and right. toilet paper, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I thought that, ugh. Anyway, I just, like, but then it's like, oh, he popped and he's right. dust now. And that's not great. But it's like, they never questioned like, oh, wait, wait, he was just infected with this. What? Should we be inhaling this dust right now? Like, should, I don't know. Should we wear, you know, a mask or something? <laughs> we'll put on some gloves, maybe? Yeah. It's, it just feels like, like, oh, well, that's unpleasant. Like, it right. just feels like, it's like, oh, okay, great. I feel like that's the easiest quarantine of like, all right, we'll just go out. And then like, oh, did, like, is that a dead body? Cool. Right. Um, just, just stuff it in a bin for two hours. It'll pop. We're good. Right. And then, right. and then it's like, oh, anybody else get affected? Okay, cool. Put them in a bin. <laughs> Right, you know, like I don't know. Feels like um, I feel like it's they're gonna. It's like um, was it that that line from uh, Mystery Science Theater the movie? It's like self cleaning mutant. I feel right, like he's only the fresh set of pine. Yeah, yes, that's what it feels like to me. Um, I I want to love this movie. I don't. Oh, yeah, uh, it's I, fun. Right. Fun with the context of. Um, it's fun knowing that this played in, like, I, I wish like, I, if I had a time machine, I would be a real shitty time traveler. I would just go back and just watch people walking out of the theater <laughs> with the, right. you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't affect history because like you right. can't really, but if I could go back and be like, 
what if I'm just in like in the in like <laughs> the lobby of people walking out for life force and just listen? Like, you right. know, like that's the things I would do and just be like, I would just be like, you know, please let me know. Like I just I just want to yeah. know if people walked out being like, oh, that was an amazing film, or like, what the hell did we just watch? Like I think oh. Gene Siskel called it a guilty pleasure. I'm no, like, I don't know if that's <laughs> It's also credit out. to Siskel. It seems like the more I read about like Carpenter and everything else, like he's like, mm-hmm. he was like the one guy that was kind of in front of understanding. Like, I think he was understanding the intent of things. Right. And I'm not saying I, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Everybody's a critic and everybody has their opinions, but it's like, I feel like he was more willing to understand like popcorn films. Right. And under like, and so if he was like, I had fun with this, you, you can't deny that because it is a film to have fun with it. But at the same time, it doesn't want to be a fun film. Right. You know, it wants like to be a serious film. Which also kind of makes it more fun. Right. Like, like I don't know if Rift Tracks has covered this because I don't think they would feel comfortable with the amount of nudity going on in this film. But like yeah. this feels like they would be right up their alley, right? Oh, so. for sure. Right. <laughs> um You know, the one thing I had going into this, like that I thought was gonna happen and it didn't, was um, you know, 99% of vampire movies are about something. <laughs> um, they, have, <laughs> they have a metaphor that they're using, you know, yeah. like either for the AIDS crisis or, you know, Victorian standards versus, you know, sexual liberation, you know, any, any number of things like this one, like, did it have a, a meaning? Did it have something to say? I mean, in, in an effect of like, if it, if you're not making a commentary on that, I'm okay with that. Like, right. I think that's kind of interesting to make it more like whenever the one, the one scientist later, like whatever he's the one that was like a leaded blade or whatever, blah, 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 right. blah. He's like, this is the, this is why vampires exist in terms of lore. Like, okay, fine. Like, right. If their existence, uh, has to be explained away because we couldn't justify it other than using lore. I'm okay with that. But you're like, you're right. Like, there's no, there's no end goal other than we believe after them, by the way, like also, by the way, forward thinking Toby Hooper to have like a sky tube of like blue energy going into the sky, which became every superhero movie right. forever. Um, you know, like, okay, great. Like I, I get that, but it's like, and then eventually like whenever um, Steve rails back character, like kills uh, the space girl and himself, and then both of their essences go up into the ship and then the ship goes away. Right. That implies that like, maybe the mission was complete. I don't know, which is okay. I don't mind yeah. that ambiguous ending, but yeah, it's like, if the whole thing is like, they're like, they're almost like space Borg, right? Mm-hmm. Like they want to, they, they need to go to a world to kind of absorb their essence and get enough soul power right. to move on to the next thing. The film doesn't do a good job of explaining that, but we can imply that, but it's like, if it's, and if it's, and if it is a virus, which is a non living thing that mm-hmm. acts like a living thing, Fair enough, but I don't think that I don't think the correlation's done well, you know, right. I, like because I mean the ship looks like a virus, right? Yeah. And it's like, and if they're like, we we just have to, you know, we have to uh, proliferate and then move on to the next host. Cool. The film never says that, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just, and I think there's something there. But you're right. This this is a vampire film that literally says nothing, um, right? And that's weird. Yeah, it just feels a little strange, you know? Yeah. So, all right. But that's, uh, that's the entirety of this film. <laughs> yeah. Feels a little strange. It feels a little strange. Yeah. Well, all right. I don't know. I got, no, I got nothing else. This is, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to be like, Oh, we can't talk about this for hours and hours. It's like, yeah, but it's like uh, this film, it, 
the, the first 30, 40 minutes is actually, I feel like pretty well paced for right. what it is. Right. And then it's like, oh yeah, we got to actually get to the end. I'm like, well, what's the ending? They're like, we don't know, but we got to get there fast. Right. It's like, it's like, it just gets really stupid and weird whenever the first part feels like it's, I mean, as much as we get her walking around fully naked and like mm-hmm. enticing guards and stuff. And it's like, but at least it feels like you're trying to do something with that. And yeah. then like, and then it's like, it just kind of just, it's just, I don't know. Like, and it's, then the, the last act where, you know, it turns into a zombie film, like I should be more apt to see that. But like at that point, like it was, I'm just like sensory overload deadened, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's not much of anything. Like it's, just, right. it's just there. So, so yeah, um, it's it, this film, I will say, watch it with people. It's more fun. I would like, I think watching it so people could react to it is a lot of fun. Um, I appreciate, like, I will always appreciate Canon trying to play with the big boys, but they always bungle it. Um, with that right. being said though, I was looking at, um, oh, what was the, I, I don't know if I have it here in front of me, but like the Canon release stuff, I think, I think, um, Runaway Train, uh, which mm-hmm. is, I will argue their best film. Um, that film was amazing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, disagree with that at all. <laughs> that film, like, you know, like, uh, you like, know, um, the, the local, um, convention, that you and I go to, uh, mm-hmm. Eric Roberts was there last year and I'm just like, Oh shit, Eric Roberts. And I, right. I, I showed up and I'm like, I just told him, I was like, I was like, I don't understand why that film wasn't nominated for an Oscar. Like, I mean, cause it should have been. And like, they, they also, it should have, right. it should have won the Palme d'Or, but it didn't because it like, cause people were like, can can't be taken seriously. Right. Like, um, like, and, yeah. and it lost out to a film that was still in progress. That's that. I don't think that's fair. Right, like right. A film that wasn't even completed. And what did like, it lose out to? Oh, I forget the name of it, but it was a film that was partially completed and was submitted for consideration, and they um, they That's gave it to that. Right there, yeah, it's bullshit. Right, right. yeah, no, but like uh, Runaway Train is an amazing film, and also the fact that like Canon would actually give auteurs some money to make other films, like Otello. I know that mm-hmm. was a pretty big one. Uh, was a Barfly that has Mickey Rourke. Uh, right. Street Smart was made with Chris Reeve, which I need to watch that he agreed to do that because they're like, well, we were going to make Superman four. He's like, well, give me money to make my film. Right? right. So like there's other things in there that like they at least. So, so yeah, life force came out, uh, June 21st, 1985 runaway train came out December 6th, 85. Okay. Um, like runaway trains, like, you know, is it a perfect film? No, but it's a really goddamn good movie. Right. Like, you know, so like, um, and like it, it needs to be held up there and, and considered. Right. So like, um, so yeah, they were always like, like the whole thing is like, I would guess that the moment they got critical acclaim and got like an Oscar or an Oscar mm-hmm. nomination, then like it's almost feels like, um, adjacent to how like the Tucker automobile, the big three wouldn't let it exist. Right. right. I mean, because it's like, Oh, you, you're trying to do better than us. You're trying to show people yeah. that you could, how dare you? And I'm not saying Canon was like, we're better than you, but it was like, we belong here too. And everybody else right. kind of kept squishing them out and pushing, pushing, pushing. Right. So uh, also to be fair though, they released hard rock zombies, which I'll never forgive them for. But, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I, yeah. Anyway. So, um, life force, this was their big, 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 uh, sci-fi swing and a miss, right. um, a lot of fun. Not for the reasons yeah. they think it is. No. <laughs> and Patrick Stewart, you know, like just hamming it up. It's like the whole bit of him with his fake body with the blood coming out of him right. is that goes on for like ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 
takes so long. Hit by the other person, and then it doesn't like what what happened? Like it formed right. like a weird blood heart, and then it disappeared. Like I have no idea what's going on there, but yeah, yeah. just yeah, it's just it's this- somebody came up with that gag, and they're like, yes, let's do that. Yes, you know? yeah, it's just whatever. Anyway, so. Uh, yeah, that's it. I don't know. I got nothing. The Life Force. Uh, re- you recommend it? This for people? Like, but yeah, please. Like, um, no, if you're watching it alone, no. Uh, if you're if you're with people, then absolutely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's no. a movie to to riff and to have fun with. Uh, you know, mocking it, <laughs> even you know, making fun of it. Um, I think I think there's a lot lot there uh, to. To play with yeah i gotta tell you like i went when i sat down to watch it on sunday i'm like yeah mm-hmm. i'll get i'll get to this and then i got it halfway through and i paused it like it's like i try not like i try to give films like i like i could tell where i'm at if i pause i'm like i'm only halfway through this i'm like okay. right and then i paused it to go use the restroom and grab a beverage or two and i come back and i watch some more and i like pause it again i'm like there's still 20 minutes left it was one of those <laughs> things. it's so bad where i'm like oh god we're still i thought this film was done like that's a bad bad sign right you know? so um, but yeah, I'm glad that I rewatched this it just because of refreshing, you know, my, my thoughts of this. And also yeah. it's another Canon film. Like you knew, I knew I was going to get a, uh, uh, perfect imperfection. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that's, this, this is a film that, you know, really encapsulates like what I like and what I don't like about Canon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it, because you know they're kind of the scrappy underdogs, you know, in, in a lot of ways. But they're also like you know, con artists. Yes, <laughs> I mean, no, because like the whole thing is like they would always like front sell like multiple movies and get distribution rights. Like right. uh, there was um, because oh, they would go to like I, it wasn't cans, but there was like this big like like over in Europe there was like this like maybe it was cans, but they they would always do like these uh, presentations right for films mm-hmm. that they were going to make. And one of the, and then what was it? Um, oh, there was one called the Gala with Charles Bronson that never got made. And there was right. another one like that was it something about like a Cleveland something 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 like it was like a monster movie. Cleveland Steamer. <laughs> yeah, sure. It was like some kind of Godzilla kind of movie. It never got made. Right. But they were like, but they knew if they sold the distribution rights, they would get the budget to make the film, right. which feels very, uh, it feels very trauma in a lot yeah. of ways. <laughs> you know, like you're going to pay us to distribute this. I guess we'll make it. <laughs> it feels like the kind of plot that would be in a Beverly Hillbillies episode. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like Jeth- Jethro wants to make a movie. Yeah. It, <laughs> and, I mean, it feels like, I don't know. I feel like they were way ahead of like how a lot of like large corporations work now. Like, right. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll over deliver. Um, oh, you're going to pay us. Oh shit. We got to make it. You know? Right. Uh, as we say this, there's a sub maybe that's stuck somewhere near the Titanic. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know. Full of people that yeah. paid a lot of money that you know on a company that was like, we don't need to test shit. You know, so <laughs> right? It should have been safety. What? What's yeah, that? Should have been named Cannon the Sub. You know, <laughs> Can- yeah, Cannon versus Titanic. I don't know. <clears throat> so Cannon Sub Two Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> I think the name of the sub is the Titan, so it should be called Titan Two Electric Boogaloo. Right. Uh, so yeah, it just yeah, Canon was always like for momentum, right? Because they felt like the, at least that they made enough on everything they could keep yeah. going forward. And like I think some of the micro uh, budgeted things that we now have, like uh, Blumhouse, kind of right. still works on that, but they're able to bake in failure. 
you know, right. like, and, um, and meaning like, oh, can we just release this to Hulu as part of our like 12 months of Halloween and get the streaming rights, like, or sorry, pay for streaming. And I right. it's going to hit a certain market. Like, I think they're like, I think Canon's failure and complete mismanagement of everything has shown that other companies be like, oh, we can kind of work in this of like, get people excited and make micro budgeted films. And then one hits and that will cover the next five. Right. Um, and- and that's that was what was working for them until they wanted to be a big boy. You yeah, know? they and, wanted to be taken seriously, and yeah. they started, you know, making these big budget movies. So like, you know, uh, it, it's ironic that you know we went back and heard you know the over the top song again because you know that was one of the reasons that Canon fell apart was well, making stuff also, like over the top. Yeah, you know? they, and they blew up um, the markets for actors in terms of availability right. and what like. So it's like um, they're like the rest of the uh, industry was pissed at Canon for changing the game in terms of who would be paid for what, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like they opened up the market for actors to get paid significantly more because in hindsight, they couldn't attract talent because they made shit and people right. like Stallone knew over the top was a bad project, but you eventually yeah. pull a dump truck full of money up to Lincoln Hawk's house and mm-hmm. he will, he will, he will make that movie. And right. you know, I can't blame him. Right. I yeah. like, I love over the top. I think that same so much fun. I know like whenever Steve and I covered it, he was not a fan. Uh, but that film is a beautiful mess. <laughs> it, it, like, I it love gives it. me life, you know, <laughs> Damn it. it gives me life force. Yeah. It gives me life force. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just like, so like, so I'll put it this way to, to put a, put a uh, cap on this. Mm. Uh, did you watch the Craven, the Hunter trailer? That came out recently. I have not. No. Okay, but you know, Sony is trying to make all these films that are Spider-Man adjacent without Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Sony, Sony's okay in terms of their money, but I feel like they're kind of like Canon, where it's like, well, we can't do this, but mm-hmm. what if we try this? And they don't seem to quite get it right. Because yeah. I've not seen Morbius. Um, I will just because I'm I'm curious. I'm not saying I'm interested. I'm curious of that film. Right. And it's like, I watched the first Venom film and my, my one friend described it as the greatest nineties uh, comic book movie ever made. <laughs> Cause it, I mean, but that's Venom for you. Yeah, I know. But it's like, how do you make Venom without Spider-Man? Whatever the first one, it's fun, but it's like, man, right. If this was made around the same time, like in the mid nineties where it's like spawn came out, Venom would have been the greatest film ever. Right. Yeah, but huge yeah. And it's like, so, but Sony keeps like, yeah, what about Morbius? What about Craven? It's like, right. you guys aren't just it, stop being the Kirkland brand. For superhero <laughs> movies, right? But they right. feel like canon, but they have more money. Like, but right. they're not quite getting it right. You know, like that's so I think we're in that age of like Sony being like the canon version of Marvel. Right. And it's weird. I don't know. I, I think that's a good metaphor. I think the, the, the scans. Yeah. You gotta watch that Craven trailer because you're gonna be like, oh, oh no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> right. It is um how do you have Craven without an accent? I'll just put it that way. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of uh, like because also was it uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson? I think that's his name. The German. Right. Yeah. It's like you tried your best at a fakey uh, Russian block European accent in Age of Ultron, and it was okay. Yeah, you you're not going to do that for this. I don't know. Anyway, maybe they changed his story. Maybe he's an American. No, he's, he's just, not. He's not he's, an American. Oh, okay. They just decided that everybody sounds like it. No, it's like his father, Russell Crowe, is Russian. Uh, and right. also he's raised in a Russian family. But somehow after he got ostracized for reasons you'll see in the trailer, he mm. now has a, like a non-Russian. I just, whatever. Anyway. Just, yeah. It doesn't you know. make a lot of sense. Nope. No, 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 no. So, uh, so yeah. Anyway, I think that's going to do it for our discussion about Life Force. 
Uh, oh, look at us not having much to say about a really weird film because what do you say about this? I right, ugh, right. Um, so uh, hey, that's on me. Like I wanted to do this this movie. So no, 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 no. It's not you. It's just that like it's funny because I remember it was a couple year, years ago we were doing year of the sequel. Uh, right. We did uh, Wayne's World two, and then mm-hmm. like it was like one of those things like after like sixty like sixty minutes of like original talk and other talk we're like I don't know I guess we're done now like we didn't right. know what else to say about the movie and also you know how it goes I don't know if you listen to their podcast you're like that's three goddamn hours I don't have time for this like what's going on like you know so right the, more people might be happier that I shut the hell up for a <laughs> amount of time nah. so. It's part of the fun is to see how long you guys go and uh, <laughs> what, 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 what corners of the mind you get into, you know. Well, also like doing news and then this, and then a game or whatever. But that's not how like the year of canon went. So like that's why right. I didn't do it that format. So yeah, it was I was you know I was hoping you'd do the news so I could you know come in with the breaking Pat Robertson is still dead uh, <laughs> story. You know. Oh wait, here one second, here here. everyone <laughs> pat robertson is still dead Woo-hoo-hoo! oh yeah i mean we can only be so thankful forever. yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah i don't know anyway so uh yeah uh, before we uh, head off the door here uh let people know how you can find you and your show with nathaniel and all yeah, the things uh, you guys are doing we do uh at the devil's ball it's a podcast where we try to talk about horror movies and uh we've been kind of branching out into genre uh films uh, a little bit because you know what the hell why why not why well not it's your own show and also like i don't know about you like but it's like sometimes it's like can we talk about something different for a minute i don't know right. like just as, as much as i know you love horror and like getting into like the weird corners of stuff like yeah. we just literally talked about bond and other things you're into and i know nathaniel's right. into other things too so it's your guys' show go wherever you want Right? Yeah. So, um, so it's called at the devil's ball and, uh, you can find that at, uh, anchor.fm at the devil's ball. Uh, we're on Twitter at devils underscore at, um, we're on Facebook at the devil's ball. Um, uh, come check us out. Come give us a listen. We'd really appreciate it. Um, this month we're doing, we did, uh, the mist. Uh, we did, we just, uh, recorded silent hill, uh, and we're going to record um, next week Silent Hill Revelations 3D. Uh, so that ought to be fun. Um, I'm trying to remember what we opened the month with. Oh, we uh, we did Friday the 13th at the beginning of the month. That's the, right. very, the very first one? I can't recall. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, and next month we're going to be doing the Mad Max films. So that ought to be fun. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, uh, yeah I, you're more than welcome to come by. I might I might have to pop up for Fury Road. I need to revisit that film. That film's amazing. That's like, um, that's the whole reason I decided next month was going to be Mad Max because I, I spent so I need, long I need to, to that. maybe what, what's the the black and white cut was it called the shiny and chrome version uh, blood called? and chrome I think blood and chrome or, I might right. have to like I oh I, that movie's like of, right. of the four I mean obviously Mad Max um, sorry the road the, yeah Mad Max is the second one right. yeah that that movie's like lean and mean it has no right being as good as it is uh, Beyond mm-hmm. Thunderdome we covered on our um, year the knockoff. A couple years ago right. was that in Solar Babies. <laughs> did and, you did you cover it as a knockoff of itself? No, no, we or? covered Beyond Thunderdome and then Solar Babies oh, as the knockoff. Okay. I, I see what you're saying. And yeah. Steve was so just not interested in talking about Solar Babies, which fair enough. Right. <laughs> you know? 
I loved that movie when I was a kid. Though. Yeah, like, not I, great. I, I, no, <laughs> doesn't hold it up. Yeah, so. but like, but the, Beyond Thunderdome is like half of a really great Mad Max film. Yeah, right? but I think yeah. that's how I'm going to pitch next month is that we're doing you know three great movies in a movie three, starring three Peter and a Turner. half, three and a half Mad right. Max films, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I might have to pop on for uh, Fury Road because uh, I need to get back to that. But yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, so everybody go check it out. You guys are doing uh, the 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 Lord's work at the Devil's right. Ball over there. I need to check out your missed episode. I've not gotten to that yet. Um, the Mist is an amazing film, and I oh, recently saw it at the Twelve Hours of Terror in October. And mm-hmm. I, th- I talked about this on this show. It was great knowing that there was like, it feels like it was like a quarter to like half of the audience had never seen it before. Right. And when you got to the end and hearing people react was one of my favorite movies in the theater. Like it was yeah, one of my favorite moments. It's, it's such a, such a wonderful film, like so well made. And you know, the ending like just sticks with you uh, yeah. in the worst and best kind of way. Did you ever see the, the, the gift somebody made involving a Kit Kat versus uh, that, where it's <laughs> no. like, like, uh, I'll send that to you. Okay. I'll send it to our group chat. It is a lot of fun. Cause this was back in the days of uh, you're the man now dog. Somebody right. made uh, a, a Kit Kat ending to the mist. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's that's far more family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll send you what it is. So, all right, no, no, thank you for coming on the show. You guys can check us out at um, uh, Invasion of the Podcast on Facebook. Uh, email us directly invadingpodcast@gmail.com. Uh, check out uh, Steve's uh, store at uh, Etsy or the slash the Science Slasher. Go buy his stuff. He and his uh, partner on Science Slasher, Ryan Cassandy, they do good work. Go support them. Um, they are much more talented than myself. I'm a hack and a fraud. Uh, but yeah, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us, wherever you find at the devil's ball, rate and review them. If you enjoy the conversation for both shows, share them. Cause yes. there's one gazillion podcasts out there. Like, and it's like, I feel like there's a podcast probably like my cats are probably making a podcast right now that are way more popular right. than mine right now. Right. Like it's just, everybody has a podcast, yeah. but if we're one, if we're part of like your rotation, cause I know I have like three or four, I cycle through. Mm-hmm. And if you enjoy it, let people know because the more the merrier. And like, you know, at the devil's ball at us, like just, yeah. all right, you know, like ho- hopefully we entertain you and give you a little bit of comfort and solace during the week. So, all right, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, next week, um, I'm off. Um, I'm going to, um, I'm going to be off the next two weeks because we'll one, you know, 4th of July weekend's coming up. Right. However, uh, next week, I'm going to be on uh, Talk Without Rhythm with uh, the El Goro who was on uh, last week with me talking mm-hmm. about rising stars, the first third of that book. And it was a wonderful conversation. Uh, I'm going on there to do a double feature, which you'll appreciate. Cause you guys just did your Nick cage uh, month. And I think I mentioned this when we're recording eight millimeter. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going on his show to talk about, uh, the rock and, uh, con air. Nice. And I, it is, I, I, when I start the day, I will be clean shaven, but by the time I record with him, I'm going to have a full <laughs> beard. Cause it's going to be right. so manly. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a really dumb episode because I yeah. lo- like, I think the rock is a legitimately good movie. Con air, I, I, con air is dumb fun, but I love right. it. Um, and I cannot wait to talk about both those films with him. So I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to take a week off and then we'll TBD after that. But yeah. Uh, in the meantime, everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. Um, if you see like, I don't know, a fully nude person walking around, um, like, like one, see if they need a coat. Yeah. I was going to say, offer them a blanket. Uh, but like, don't be weirdly horny about it. That's what I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs>